0: We went to a bar, and they have like this rack overhead where you put all your jackets, right? So you wear all your jackets, you get inside the bar, you take them all off, and you can put it on top of this rack, and then by the end of the night, everybody's drunk as fuck. And then everybody takes a different jacket back home, and they have a Facebook group specifically for this. You know, it's like, hey guys, there's this pink woolly jacket, whose is it? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's fairly normal. Like
1: one of the clubs I go to, they had this uh, Lost and Found album the other day, and it really made us laugh because there was someone's underwear there as you do in the club you know
0: so of course that, that was really
1: that one was really funny because i remember i can't remember how the underwear looked but it made everyone go like what like okay all right
0: well at least someone had a good time yeah apparently so hi everyone rindo here and welcome to living it up in Lion city The following episode is a conversation I had with a good friend of mine who is a Singaporean living in Estonia. We had a catch-up way back in February, right at the cusp of the COVID crisis going global. It seems like a lifetime ago. Enjoy the episode, folks. Hello and welcome to yet another awesome episode of Living It Up In Lion City, a podcast about life in Singapore where friends and I talk about what goes on in this little red dot we call home. With me here is a good friend of mine who I recorded a podcast episode with all the way last year, (laughs) but because my audio sucked, I couldn't use that footage, but um, you know, she is here with me once again, so without further ado. Nikki, welcome back.
1: Hello, thank you. I hope this works this time.
0: <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, Nikki, you know, uh, thanks for you know being part of this again. Of course, <laughs> you know? gotta support your friends, man. Gotta support your friends. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, so, Nikki, so before we get started, like, could you tell us a little bit about you know yourself, you know what you're doing, where you currently live, etc.
1: Okay. So right now, I currently live in Tallinn, Estonia which, uh, well, it's in Europe. Please, uh, you know, get that in your (laughs) head. I get this all the time. Um, I do marketing. That's what I work in. And I was a digital nomad for about four years, backpacking all around. And uh, that's even, I think I met Rindo even before that through couchsurfing because we all love travel. Um, So I take my backpack, I go, I work on my laptop. I think I was freelancing before it was even cool. Back in 2009, where you try not to say that you're a freelancer because people look down on that massively, especially in Singapore. It was a bit I hard you, to yeah. explain. Yeah. I
0: remember you mentioned that there was a stigma associated with yeah, freelancing it, back then.
1: It was. And like, I was just like, look, I do marketing work and they're just like, well, you don't have a stable pay. How does that work? And it was just kind of like, you know, bad. It's a lot better these days, but still not the way I hope it to be. Okay. Um, but yeah. And uh, I was a dancer before. I love food massively. Um, still love my travelling, although it gets me down. Love my couch surfing people and my friends. We do awesome barbecues here.
0: That's true. She <laughs> makes amazing chicken. Michael oh Archibald. yeah, yeah. Nikki's yeah. chicken has a Facebook page. <laughs> Let me
1: add that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Nikki, like tell us about like how did you end up in Estonia?
1: Okay, so that is a very simple answer. I actually got a job. So I was looking for a job in the EU, and I just looked at um this startup called Jobatical. They no longer do like cross-border jobs. They've sort of pivoted how what they're doing right now, but back then they were. And I was looking like, okay, are there any marketing jobs that say that um they will provide visas? Because it's no use applying for one that doesn't. Right. And then I got one. So that was quite interesting, and uh, it was a job in Estonia. And I was like, oh, okay, um, cool. It's in the EU. All right, let's go. And the job was doing marketing for Latitude 59, which is the main tech and startup conference in Estonia. So I did their marketing in 2018. It was a four-month contract job, which I thought was great because I wasn't sure, like, oh my goodness, am I going to pack my whole entire life there? All of a sudden, you know, after backpacking and stuff, it's a bit hard. But I thought four months is a good, like, period to have a little taste of it. And then uh, I really liked it. So I applied for another job there. And then that's the one I've been with for a year and a half now.
0: Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Um, how has your experience been in Estonia so far?
1: Um, very interesting, actually. The startup scene itself is nothing like I've ever seen before. I mean, whenever I backpack around, I like to go to meetups and just, you know, just have a look at what's going on. But Estonia really shocked me. Um, Skype was created by two Estonians. And that's something wow, that not okay. a lot of people know. Didn't know that. Two yeah. guys decided that we want to change the world and we're going to do something about it.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, unfortunately,
1: Microsoft <laughs> bought Skype and God knows where they are now, which <laughs> I'm a bit upset about. But uh, even that shocked me to find out that Skype started in Estonia. And also, um, I think Estonia has about four unicorns right now. And unicorns are like startups that have like, I think, almost a billion euros in funding. So in Estonia only has 1.4 million people. So right. per capita, they literally have the most unicorns per capita.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Is this the case in the? I mean, like, across the European Union? Not
1: really. I'm not sure about that. I probably need to research. But okay. I know, like, innovation in Estonia is absolutely crazy. Uh, Transferwise is also by Estonians. In case oh, you didn't okay. know that. Wow! Another two people who two or four, I can't remember now, who decided we want to change the world, and they have with Transferwise. It's have you used it, Rindo?
0: Uh, I have I have heard of it. I haven't. Okay, used yeah.
1: Unfortunately, though. it's not available for the Indian currency at the right. moment. And that's, okay. you know, a bit sad. Um, but uh, transfer-wise, like, they came up to change the banking scene, basically. Because they're like, why are you paying so much in currency exchange? And why are you paying so much in bank transfers? And they have actually changed the way it's done. I can transfer super fast, super easily. And the exchange rate is so competitive. It's absolutely crazy. And the transfer fees are like what, 25% or less than a traditional bank as well. So you actually pay a lot less because you don't lose on the currency exchange as well. So that's transfer wise, And then there's Drive that does like customer relationship management. There's another one called Bolt. They used to be called Taxify and they're like a competitor to Uber. Okay. And they also have like a billion euros right now and get this man. It's run by a pair of brothers and I think they're like 2737 or 2838, something like that. Puts us all to shame, man. Wow. And they are super cool. Like they <laughs> all try to give back to the startup scene each time. So the startup scene with its innovation and how much people support each other has been like one of the most amazing things I've seen in Estonia. Even the government um they have this section called Startup Estonia and they really provide a lot of support like uh, there's the startup visa for people and things like that. And um, it's interesting how like as much as they give the support, they don't control the scene because they know that you nobody can control the scene, you know. The startup scene goes up and down, up and down right. all the time. It goes to the high heavens, it crashes down and burns, and it's just meant to be like that. And it's amazing to see a government give so much support, yet almost not demand any control. You just want to like get some um, what do you call that branding, and also be like you know, like sponsorship mentions right. that like oh we did this and that. And it's wow, the innovation has been really amazing.
0: So entrepreneurship is like a big part of. It's a the... big thing there. They okay. even have
1: accelerators for kids. Kids go build robots at the age of like six or something. They tell the kid, um, use this cardboard box and decorate it. And it's your robot. Now tell us what it can do. And it's up to the kid to imagine what the robot can do. It's And they take the robot home after that kind of thing. It's not a real robot. It's just a box. But then, you know, you, they do that to the kids. They're like workshops and stuff. It's like, I think when I did Latitude 59 2018, there was a little kid who was like 11 and he started going like, yeah, my mom is like uh, one of the founders at these really good startups and uh, I said I wanted to create this school bag and it has this and this and this and my mom was like, do it. And so the kid's on stage telling people what he intends to do with his school bag. It has like, you know, tracking abilities and things like that. (laughs) Like it's, there's also like, I think a 16 year old recently who got a decent amount of money to do like a education, um, gamification kind of app, teaching kids about math to teach them that like math is like, something you need to know every day and it's not that hard. And he's got like, was it 3,000 users already around the world? Because kids just learn math by like playing his game. And he's like 16.
0: I mean, do you find this different from the startup scene here in Singapore? I
1: haven't seen the startup scene here for a long time. So it's a bit hard to say. But a few of the startups I work for were definitely, I felt a bit more restrictive, but it's kind of dependent as well. But I also heard from a friend recently that when it comes to funding over here, it's really hard to get people to like fund you. Whereas, like in Estonia, I think it's, I wouldn't say like easy peasy, but if you have something decent, they're pretty okay to like open their wallets and be like, you know, like the VCs, the venture capitalists are pretty open to be like, okay, you've got a decent, viable idea. You've got the MVP, which is a minimum viable product. And then they're like, okay, let's see what it can do. So it's pretty interesting. And one of the startups is like, yeah, man, Ashton Kutcher gave us 8 million and he did.
0: Wow. He gave okay. them
1: 8 million because uh, they're doing this online verification uh, kind of software where it like verifies people against their passports and things like that. And one of their aims is to try to prevent human trafficking because of that. Okay. So Ashton Kutcher was like, all right, here's 8 million.
0: Right. So it's not just about like. Um you know, stuff related to tech. There's also a lot of, like, social and entrepreneurship, there are, I guess. There's
1: a little bit around. I haven't seen too much. But they okay. try to, like, branch out. There's, like, education, online verification. It's all, like, technology-based, but it's not just tech stuff. It's, like, right. they go out and, you know, do different things.
0: Yeah. So, like, I did talk to someone who was an ex-entrepreneur, um, you know, and I do chat with them regularly. And one of the things that he said was that over here, in order to get funding, um like so, he used to have a startup in Spain and then here in Singapore, and then he was like in Spain. I mean, to put it crudely, he said that you know VC funding is a lot easier to get because yeah. uh, they're they're willing to put out money for a good or promising idea. Yep. Whereas here in Singapore, there is a tendency to look at ROI.
1: And, yes. You yes. Know, like
0: how long it would take to you know get that return yeah. so to speak. So I don't know. Like do you That's feel that? That's what my.
1: I'm not, I don't really know the side of VC funding here but I met a guy the other day who really told me he was like VC funding here is crazy and that's exactly what your contact said as well that he told me he's like you can't just have an idea that over here they'll even ask you do you have any customers yet I'm like you barely have an MVP this person is probably doing this on the side even. And they go like, oh, your CEO is not fully invested in this. I'm like, how can he be if he's got no money? He has to eat, right? <laughs> he's
0: That's got
1: true. rent to pay, you know?
0: <laughs> so um, I
1: heard about that and I was like, oh, okay. And then he said that he wants to go to Estonia to see what he can try because the same thing.
0: Right. They
1: would be more willing to open their wallets in that sense. But I mean, you still have to prove something proper.
0: Of course. I mean, if it's a good idea, sure. But yeah, you to have, have a have proper plan first, and yeah. things like
1: that. But I heard that over here just having that even doesn't really work for you very well which was a bit shocking for me
0: oh well I mean it is early days I think there's been a lot of you know government initiatives and initiatives from like private parties you know to just yeah but but
1: still as well like it's I don't know Uh, it's a bit of a tough scene yeah. yeah. yeah
0: I feel like you know I think Estonia is probably well ahead of the curve in that respect
1: yeah I mean they do get funding fairly easily there but that's also because they make sure that they have something proper of
0: course yeah of course so um You know, the startup and tech scene aside, like tell us a bit about your life in Estonia, you know, like living there, you know, the social scene there. (laughs) Honest to goodness,
1: (laughs) um, very honestly, I make less than half of what I would in Singapore, even after the Euro to Singapore dollar conversion. And I feel that my quality of life is like a hundred times better over there. Like I wish I could show you my apartment. I have a 47 square meter apartment, that is five minutes outside the old town i have a very nice fireplace i've got everything i want in the apartment you know
0: fireplace is still a thing wow <laughs> yeah 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 i got some
1: wood from my friend the other day for free so thank god for that and i have a sauna because my landlord is finished so i have a sauna in my bathroom uh, but everything's a good size even my mom was like she came to visit me and she saw my apartment because they've seen videos but they haven't right. seen the place and she was like whoa so this is how you live i'm like yep
0: this is how i
1: live (laughs) um yeah asian food is not the best over there i must say but uh in june 2019 there was a thai shop that opened and i'm best friends with the owner or like the the chef so it's really cool i get my sort of asian fix from there um yeah, social life. I mean, you know, I go out to the clubs, I hang out at the bars. Just that most of us will stay away from the old town because that's where all the tourists go and the bars there just play top 40s kind of music and we're just like so over that.
0: Which is fair. Which is yeah, fair.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. There, there's like some really cool areas. You just have to know where to go. And uh, I've brought like foreigners there and they're like, what, this is so cool. And
0: yeah, wow.
1: it, you know, you get to know the city, you get to know the people. People do say that Estonians can be a little like closed off and cold and stuff. Um, I guess it does happen like that. But for most of the people I've met, they've been really nice to me.
0: I remember you said something the last time where it was like, you know, um, like as a stranger in strange land, you do have to put yourself out there. You know, so it's like yes, you, do. you can't just go to some place and then expect to make friends no, and then whinge about it because, you know, you don't exactly like
1: you have to make what it is right for yourself you know no one's gonna come knock on your door and be like yeah. hey you want to be friends i mean you did a similar thing when you came here as yeah, well absolutely. it's not easy at first and it's tiring as hell to do it but, but that's
0: that's what you have to do you have know? to do yeah.
1: and you have to find your scene like uh, there was a chick that told me like oh estonia is just so boring you know and i don't party and i'm like you don't have to party there's like hiking groups table tennis um Badminton, beach volleyball because we have this indoor place with sand because we don't have no sun, no nothing, right?
0: Right. And <laughs> know, people people go <laughs> and
1: they play beach tennis indoors, you know? So I'm like, have you put yourself out there to find something? You know, whereas for me, like, I like my techno music. I found my crew and they keep introducing me to more people and it's just gone on like that. And then I just go like, oh, anybody wants like real Asian food or something? And they're like, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm like, well i'm gonna make some you guys want to come and so they come and i introduce them to the food and they're really happy and then you know it goes on Uh like that
0: and so i'm curious like so if you were to give advice to someone moving to estonia for the Mm -hmm. first time like you know i mean let's face it you know you are quite the extrovert so it wouldn't be too much of an issue for you to find your crew so to speak it took me a
1: while as well though like when i first got there took me about Three months or so before, like, I was like, okay, I'm not just hanging out with work people. And I really found like what I was wanting in terms of a social life. Right. So it does take time because the weather affects people there as well. And I moved in like winter. So nobody really wants to be going out at that time. Everybody just wants to stay at home, including yourself. So yes. I remember on Valentine's Day, you remember our friend Christina? Yep. yep. Okay. So on Valentine's Day, her husband was traveling somewhere. So she and I actually got on Skype and had a drink together.
0: Okay, you know? all right.
1: And that's kind of like you have to do things like that. If you need some support, you know, you got to get it from your friends and be like, guys, I need help. So I told her, like, it's Valentine's Day. I'm kind of like really lonely. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing anything either. That's just, um, it's 9 p.m. your time, 8 p.m. my time because we're one hour ahead. And she's like, well, let's grab out the beer and have a drink online so we're not so lonely, both of us. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Wow. So we had a Valentine's Day beer together and that was really nice.
0: I didn't realize that people don't go out during winter. I mean, not really like
1: okay. it's just more of like people are, people change when it's summer.
0: Okay, yeah. I, yeah. Can, I can imagine. <laughs> so, what
1: advice would I give to someone? I would be like You need to look for what it is that you kind of want. For example, if you're into art, then look for the art, look for the artists, look for the people who are into art. Um, you know, look at what it is that you're into. And uh, there's always, like, couch-surfing meetups. There's meetup.com. There's now this chick that does, like, international meetups and things like that. Okay. So, you know, you have to go and put yourself out there. And you have to, like, not give up. There are people I thought I would be friends with at the start. And in the end, they didn't, like, reply me on Facebook and things like that. I was like, okay, fine. I'm just going to find more people then. You know, you have so to keep going mm-hmm. and trying. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting to see that the expert Facebook groups in Europe can be really crazy. So anything you see in the expat groups in Europe, don't take it to heart entirely, because a lot of them tend to troll. It's kind of stupid.
0: Like, how so? I mean, uh, with like, respect um, to Estonia.
1: Yeah, like, depending on what people ask about, you will have those that will give you legit advice, and you have those that troll. So it's a bit stupid. Interesting. Yeah, with the expat. And I've seen that, because I joined the expat group in Berlin as well. I don't know why I did, but I did. And... Um, I see the exact same thing going on, and because there's way more expats in Berlin, it's on a much larger scale. Right. So you just—I don't know why it is about these people. You just have to be careful.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, in in Singapore, I mean, so the expat Singapore Facebook groups, for example, I find it not very representative of life in Singapore in general. So it's oh yeah like, yeah exactly. You know, I, so it's like I've, I've struggled with. So it's like when I first moved to Singapore, it was something similar. You know, of course, you know, you find someone who could tell me more about the rent situation, for example, right? So the expat Facebook groups tend to work the best. But then, like, the more I hang around with that group, the more I realize how little they actually know about mm-hmm. Singapore, you know? So that's when I started branching out. And then I'm like, I'm all the better for it. Yeah. right. I Was mean, that something similar for you?
1: In Italian, I it really depends on the person, you know? Right. You'll get, like, a couple of good replies and a couple of bad replies. And you just got to seed them out and know, right. But just, like, from the initial look, don't take everything you see to heart because some of them are just, like, they have nothing better to do.
0: Interesting. Yeah. But it's not just talent. It happens in the
1: Berlin group as well. That's why I was like, what's up with these expert groups, man? They are all crazy or what? Like,
0: Facebook comments are going to be Facebook comments. Like, what I do? know, right? Keyword
1: warriors, all these people. Jesus.
0: Yeah, but, uh, but that aside, like, uh, I, I know, like, you know, following you on Facebook, I, I know that, you know, you took to life in Estonia, Estonia quite famously. So, um, you know, what has been your experience so far in the last two years?
1: Well, it's kind of funny. Like uh, if I go to the startup scene, then they'll all be, if you mention Singapore, then they'll be like, oh, yeah, this chick. So it's it's funny. Like, are
0: you like the only Singaporean there? No, of course not. <laughs> I
1: know of another guy. I've just never met him. But uh, I like to make this joke sometimes that like I'm not the first Singaporean in Estonia, but I think I might be the most famous one. <laughs>
0: So, on a related note, like, do you get crazy rich Asians related jokes all the time? Surprisingly, no. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've, I've never really gotten any crazy rich Asian joke, actually. I'm not even, I mean, the movie played, and I went to watch it with a couple of my friends, and I told them, like, half of this is not real. Because after that, they started asking me, like, you know, can you, like, put it into perspective for us? What was it about it? Right. And I started trying this and that, this and that. And then, yeah, most of all, I've never really gotten anything. But if there's something interesting to note, and uh, I'm not sure if you want to publish this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've come to learn that Estonia and Europe can be quite racist. Okay. Um, And it's uh, not to I've gotten a few things towards me, not anything majorly bad, because I've come to the point where I'm like, you can say what you want, I'm just not going to waste any energy being mad at you, because there's no use in doing that. I'm not going to change your mind. Right. But when you see things happen to other people, it's quite sad. Like, I think, uh, I really can't remember exactly now, Um, but there have been a couple of racist attacks against like, I think the guy was from Pakistan. I'm really not sure. But um, he had like someone verbally abusing him and he took a video of that. And there were a couple of things going around. And so, yeah, it's a bit hard when you hear about such things.
0: Of course, of course. Um, That said, is it is it racism or is it xenophobia in general? Because I do understand that xenophobia is kind of on the rise in most European countries. I think I'm not sure
1: entirely what it is either. But like the neo-Nazi party in Estonia did get into power.
0: Wow. Okay. Wow.
1: Yes, because well, that one is a bit of a funny one. Like they didn't get enough seats in parliament, but the prime minister of Estonia wanted to keep. His position. So he made a deal with the devil, which is the neo Nazi party, just to keep his seat. He didn't want to go do a coalition with the party that won because it meant that the female leader of that party would become prime minister and he wanted to hold on to his power. So for doing that, he's kind of done quite a bit of damage to the country. But at least you know that this is what's going on and that's why all the more it's kind of done stuff. It's it's a bit crazy.
0: Gosh. Um, Nikki, like, is there any risk to your personal safety? For me,
1: I'm okay. It's right. just that right now, going back, I'm afraid that they might think I'm Chinese.
0: Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's...
1: I mean, that's a fact, man, to be honest, because I know what Estonia is like. And I know that when I speak English, they'll know that I'm definitely far from being a Chinese because of my level of English. But nice. I am afraid that I'm preparing myself, basically. Right. Hopefully, I don't get spat on or anything, because I'll probably punch that person. But, uh, Fuck. I, mean? I mean, Estonia is, is a tough one, and I just hope... I'm preparing myself, to be honest, but I'm in a city, so it might not be that bad. Right. But, like, I really don't know how people are going to react when I get back.
0: So, like, do you, feel, do you find that, you know, Tallinn is a lot more, let's say, um, liberal versus yeah i think side? the cities
1: the cities are a bit more liberal i feel okay. but it also depends because Tallinn is like the major airport so you do get you know they might not say anything they'll just kind of like tolerate you but they're not multicultural like singapore so it's a bit different like that
0: interesting yeah so
1: it really depends on the person and the family and stuff like that so
0: um, yeah
1: i just hope that nothing's going to happen when i get back or maybe i'll just quarantine myself or something oh, i don't know
0: shit Yeah, no, I mean, the recent events like of the last couple of days has just been terrible. Like the kind of racist bullshit online is ridiculous.
1: And that's why like, I'm a bit scared because the virus went to Finland and Finland's right above us as well. So I'm now like, are they going to look at me like I'm Chinese and I'm just praying and hoping that it'll be okay. It's going to be a bit hard.
0: Yeah, you know, fingers crossed it should be okay. I mean, maybe this is not the right... Time to tell you this, but apparently a bunch of Singaporean tourists were denied entry to a bunch of places in Australia.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I know. I saw Chinese that. Yeah, I read like, about all of that as well. And so I'm
0: like fuck, it has begun, you know. Yeah,
1: so I mean what you Yeah, it what can you do, right? That's why I'm just kinda like, should I just not go out for a while? I don't know, man. It's a tough one. It's a tough one.
0: Is this something that uh, you know, your other friends not from Estonia feel too?
1: that one i don't know because they haven't really said anything but uh yeah we'll we'll see what happens and hope for the best i mean i hope that they can be better
0: yeah i mean right now it's paranoia that's just ruling the roost so it's i'm just hoping that the next couple of weeks you know things simmer down oh
1: yeah me too me too absolutely yeah
0: ridiculous what's happening right now
1: tell me about it
0: Uh, yeah um you know, on on the brighter side of things, mm-hmm. um, have you been, you know, having a good time living in Estonia? Yeah, you know, a yeah. crowd. Um, what do you generally like about living in Estonia that you don't find in Singapore?
1: Um, I like, I like the quality of life I have there. I mean, I get a decent pay. I'm not. Sh- I'm pretty sure it's quite decent what I get over there. So I live really well there. The city is really small, so you get everywhere like really fast. So I'm struggling a bit with Singapore. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah, I get everywhere. Like ever if get. I have to travel half an hour
1: in Estonia, that's already not normal for me. And also, um, public transport because I'm registered as a resident of Tallinn, mm. I get free public transport in Tallinn, and wow. over here I have to pay, so it's a bit of a bitch.
0: Like, how does that work? Like, everybody gets free transport if you're if living you're in the regist- city? If you're a
1: citizen or you're registered as a resident of, like, Tallinn, then you, get, you can uh, attach your green card, which is your sort of, like, our easy link right. card to, like, your name. And then they know that you're in the registry. Then you have to carry your ID card with you. So that in case they ask to check, verify your ID, then you can prove it
0: wow that's amazing so
1: yeah free public transport we don't have any mrts we have trams and buses and we do have a train as well but yeah it's pretty cool um groceries and stuff they're fairly okay they're maybe even a bit more than berlin which does piss quite a number of people off the airport is nothing like Singapore, obviously.
0: That's a, that's we a hard have a, bar to yeah, talk, to be honest. I know, right? <laughs> we, we have a small
1: airport, so we're a bit limited in flights. And for someone like me who travels around a ton, that took quite some getting used to to be like, all right, I'm kind of like, stuck. But I have a very beautiful airport, though. I was very surprised at how cute and pretty it was. But number of flights and where it goes is like, oh, my God, like, you need to figure something out.
0: So instead of, like, traveling between countries, like, do you generally do weekend trips, you know? Um, well, I
1: mean, I, I find my way around. I, I find, okay. you know, fairly good flights sometimes. Right. Um, yeah, it okay. depends on your luck, and I'm a pretty good flight searcher, so.
0: So one of the things that I generally find, you know, uh, it's an opinion shared by a lot of Singaporeans who live overseas, is that, you know, you know, when you live in a much, much bigger country, there's, like, opportunities to go to the countryside. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. Is that the same in Estonia?
1: Estonia's land size is 60 times of Singapore, approximately. We did a little calculation between my teammate and I for the fun of it. And they only have 1.4 million people. There is so much space. Estonia doesn't have any hills. It's mostly flat. But there is an insane amount of space there. And like, almost every family has a summer house. And I was like, we can't even imagine owning a house (laughs) in Singapore. And every other family there has like one summer house and then if, like say for example the son or daughter gets married then they have a summer house as well and I'm like what the hell like everyone has a freaking summer house it's crazy and like the countryside oh beautiful beautiful The F- Estonia is like uh, known for their forests. okay and it's just amazing like wow
0: does Estonia have is it like close to a body of sea a body of water yeah yeah so
1: Tallinn is near like the sea so we can take right. a two hour ferry to Helsinki
0: oh okay yeah. right oh that's awesome so I mean, like, I have,
1: like, 10 over ferries a day that go, and I mean the big ones that take vehicles and stuff.
0: Right. Yep. So instead of flying, I mean, you know, transport by train?
1: Um. Uh, yeah, like I guess boats. you can take the train down to Latvia or, like, even to Russia, and mm-hmm. you can take the bus as well. So I've taken the bus to Latvia quite a few times. Right. Yeah, and to, like, St. Petersburg is, like, a seven-hour bus, so you figure your way out.
0: So as a Singaporean, like, can you go into... um. You know,
1: Russia without a visa? Um, Yeah, right now, uh, I think as of October 2019, we are allowed to get into St. Petersburg. Uh, there are certain like, ways of entry. You can get an online visa because they, um, they allow online visas for the Kaliningrad region, which is somewhere, like I think it's in between Lithuania and, and Poland, if I remember correctly. For okay. so the same 53 countries that are allowed the online visa for Kaliningrad, now are allowed the same online visa for St. Petersburg. So, that's so that means I I can finally go. I just haven't planned it, so I need to buck up and try and do something about it. But a long bus ride is not something I'm looking forward to. So. Oh well,
0: I mean, you know, <laughs> you have to like. Their buses are
1: not like our buses to Malaysia. Okay, if we have those buses, I wouldn't have a problem.
0: Okay, okay, like. Are but they have
1: like like you know one row has four seats. It's like the school bus kind of seats, and that isn't exactly very comfortable for seven hours.
0: Oh well. You have to have a trade-off somewhere. Yes, I need to figure that one out. Hello. Hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Before we continue, I wanted to talk about another Singapore-based podcast, which I really love. It's called SJ Explained, and it's a fantastic podcast for understanding the various social, cultural, and political institutions of Singapore. If you're new to Singapore, or if you're keen to learn more about the country, SG Explained is the podcast you need to listen to. This is not a paid ad. I'm plugging this because I just love the podcast. Let's hear it straight from one of the hosts, Rovic himself. Wondering about what Singapore was like before raffles came? How about the data around dating and why we may not be so hopeless in love after all? Or maybe you're lost about CPF and need an explainer about how it works. Being Singaporean isn't just about holding the passport. Join us on Explained, a regular podcast that gives you the lowdown about what it's like living on the red dot. Every episode, Elliot and I, there's Rovic for y'all, Tackle a new institution, historical episode, or phenomena, and explain it. Uninvited commentary included. You'll be the smartest person at your next party, we swear. Give us a listen on all podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In case you forgot, that's SG Explained. See you there. Alrighty, so that was SJ Explained, available on all podcast platforms. If you haven't given it a listen, check it out now, and hopefully you'll enjoy it as much as I do. Okay, so let's get back to Living It Up in Lion City.
1: You need to know what is sort of native or something that they eat so often, whereby it's a very affordable cost. So you need to, each place has their own. So for example, in Estonia, they really love sour cream, potatoes, dill, and pork. Okay. So I can get, like, different cuts of pork for, like, really decent prices. Right. You just have to know. The names are a bit funny, obviously, because they're in Estonian. But when you look at it, you kind of roughly know what you're buying. Or I get my friend to go, like, please translate this for me. Um. So you need to know kind of, like, what goes on in there. And, like, yeah, I mean, if pork is cheaper there and I eat pork, then it's cool, you know. Right. so you right. need to kind of search like what is sort of more local to them
0: so how has your um food like dining and cooking experience been as compared to singapore
1: well actually to be honest i used to cook a lot when i was a teenager as well because i realized that if i were to cook it was cheaper than the hawker center
0: Okay, all right. Yeah,
1: I used to budget really well. So I knew like what I was doing back then. So cooking has been something I've done for so a very long time.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm very good at budgeting how to cook decent food for really cheap as well. So um, I find
0: that groceries turn out to be a lot more expensive than dining out. <laughs> so. Really, it depends on where you have to
1: know what you're buying and where you go. Like I will travel to different places because I know this is cheaper, that is cheaper, or this has a good quality for a good price kind of thing. So... Yeah, I mean, of course, in Estonia, I've definitely done a lot more things from scratch because I'm like, damn, I need my chicken rice. Right. And surprisingly, chicken rice from scratch really isn't all that hard to do. I was quite surprised that, like, it was fairly easy enough, especially when you have a few friends to come around to help you.
0: Right. So, like, preparing is one thing, but sourcing ingredients, you you mentioned something about a Thai supermarket, a Thai... like.
1: Oh, the Thai restaurant. Yeah, yeah. yeah they saved my life. But, um... Yeah, it depends on what you need. Like, I already know what the Asian shops in Estonia sell. Right. And I know what's in the supermarkets now. So, like, when I'm back in Singapore, if someone is coming, I ask them to get stuff that I can't get over there. So, even if the stuff I can get there is a bit more expensive and I can still get it here, I will get it there to save the space for something I can't get. Right. right. So, so yeah. Like, I mean, and chili, you can't get it there, man. So, I bring the bottle over. I need it.
0: That's true. <laughs> so yeah, you have you have to know, and
1: you have you know you have to know what you're doing and where to get things from and what you're buying and what is okay there and what is not so okay there and things like that.
0: So that said, what is Estonian food like?
1: Um, I know they have this sort of traditional dish where it's like um, meat cream, minced meat cream sauce on potatoes. I actually haven't tried it because even the look of it for me is just like. I didn't grow up with dairy stuff Mm -hmm. a lot. So a full-on cream sauce like this just feels a bit too much
0: for me personally.
1: Um, Yeah, I had lots of meat and potatoes. I've had that. And they have a lot of influence from Russia and Germany because these were countries that conquered them before. So sauerkraut is actually part of their Christmas meal. And they know how to make some really damn good sauerkraut. And what I was surprised is in Estonia, some of them put pork in their sauerkraut and i haven't seen that in germany so that's been quite nice actually little meat in your you know sour cabbage and stuff
0: Interesting. um
1: and then yeah they have quite a bit of influence from russia so pelmeni, which is the little russian dumplings you can get them like a whole frozen bag for like 150 or something you just boil them up and it's really uh, easy to eat and stuff um yeah they have yeah. black bread I, it's a bit heavy but quite nice at times
0: like what's the, what's black bread like? I
1: think it's made of rye. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's really good. There's this one uh, really good bakery called uh, Muhu Pagrit, which is Muhu is one of the islands and Pagrit is like bakery. And they make amazing black bread. I just had to bring two loaves for an Estonian chick who lives here and she was pretty much kissing me after that. She was like, thank you for my, <laughs> for my Muhu bread. And I was like, don't worry. She probably
0: had, like tears were in her eyes. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. And I heard that they've...
1: I gave her two those, which is quite a decent size, and I heard that she and her boyfriend, who's Singaporean, but they finished it like really fast. That's what she told me.
0: So when you're living in another place, you have this, um, you have this nostalgia for a food, you know, from where you come yeah. from. So is is that one of the reasons why you know you started cooking a lot more in Estonia?
1: Uh, yeah. Also because you know the Asian food scene there just almost doesn't cut it or is more expensive than if I were to cook it myself and I like specific tastes so cooking it is like I get the taste and I save money so it's right. kind of a win-win situation for me
0: about the Asian cuisine like is it a specific Asian cuisine I
1: don't know man it's just stuff that like I know how to make that I like right. that is sort of I don't know mixed Asian or something that mommy makes or something and.
0: Uh, I mean like yeah. the Asian cuisine that's available in Estonia mm. like is that a specific well, there's, kind like,
1: there's okay amount of japanese food actually and there's a little bit of korean and there's quite some chinese but chinese is not singapore chinese so right a lot of people tend to be like oh it's chinese food you should like it i'm like no (laughs) singapore chinese food is quite different guys there's a little bit of thai food going around that's why when this shop opened i was just like you guys are the best like they make thai spicy so when i go there now somehow the chef will always find out that i'm ordering then the waitress will come back and be like the chef is asking if you want normal spicy or Nikki spicy.
0: Wow! Okay. There's a Nikki spicy <laughs> level, whereby the chef
1: like makes me cry and like takes pride in the fact that she's made me cry.
0: Is is that something that? And it's
1: good, like it's so good because it's like the flavor and the spice. Like no matter how much it makes me cry, I still want to finish my bowl.
0: Do your Estonian friends enjoy that level of spice?
1: Oh, there is a spicy club in Estonia, and there's quite a lot of Estonians, and they can actually take more than I can. It's pretty crazy.
0: Even when you're living in Singapore, like, you know, socializing and food is a big part of you know, yeah. how you do things, Yeah, I mean, things, we did right? the barbecues, yeah. remember,
1: like, you know, right. 20 bucks each person and yeah. uh, everyone got really good meat, yeah.
0: So that's something that you're doing in Estonia too?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, there are a couple of times where I've, like, done, like, bigger meals and I had, like, 10 people in my house.
0: Is and it then, more like a potluck or does everybody no, come like, in and pitch in and cook?
1: Yeah, some of them <laughs> come early to help me cook and then some of them just come to eat, but they all help me to clean anyway um yeah i just go like like this one time i made like this gigantic ass pot of singapore curry and i was like guys you all want to come and they're like hell yeah because they always like you know they might not be very willing to try things like local estones and i don't blame them because even for me going there was like what is meat jelly i can't eat meat jelly they like it there
0: what is meat jelly
1: like jelly with meat i'm not kidding in a container and it's sold in the supermarket.
0: Like gelatin and meat together. Yeah, yeah,
1: like jelly. I, I can't do that. I I told them guys, I'm really sorry. I can't. <laughs> I can't bring myself to do that.
0: Kind of intrigued now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: No, my, my jelly has to be sweet, not savory. I can't. I just can't. But like uh, when I tell them, like they all like surprisingly, they all want to try some form of Asian food. And when there's someone that they know and they trust you, then they're like, okay, bring it on. And um, I mean, of course, I know where the limit is. And I had some of them go like, we really want to try the real stuff. I'm like, OK, fine. You-. So I, one of my friends, I gave them teochi porridge, which is like a plain rice porridge. And we have all these condiments and stuff. So I gave him full on. I gave him the fermented shrimp omelette. I gave him the fermented bean curd pickled lettuce, um, salted eggs. I gave him the, the whole shebang. And after that, he was like, actually, I really enjoyed that. So they kind of like some of them who are more daring, they like bring it on and then the others I just make things they know like chicken or fish and I'm like okay you should try it it tastes like this and that and they're like okay we trust you we're gonna eat it and they go like oh my god and then they finish the whole thing
0: you have become the window to Singaporean cuisine in Estonia
1: yeah I think a decent amount of Asian food I have introduced quite a number of people to it I've even done like vegan stuff and things like that and they're like whoa like this is really cool and because I try to explain like this is what it is to them this is how I made it you know, I'm not forcing you to try it, but if you want to try just a spoon, it's right here. Yep. So, they're yeah, most of them are really open. Like, anytime I have extra lunch at work, there's always someone who's like, yeah, give it to me. Um, thanks for the free lunch.
0: Well, that's awesome. And I think, like, as a foreigner, because, you know, I asked you before about, you know, advice to, you know, someone who is moving to a new country mm-hmm. for the first time. What I generally tell people is about, you know, like, if you have, um, you know, do something with friends or with people that you know, around food it's it's actually like a really great social experience and allows you to bond better with oh people. yeah
1: yeah because i mean yeah. like when we do chicken rice i'll just be like guys because like, some of my friends have come a few times for chicken rice now i'm like you all know that the chicken involves a one hour waiting period where i don't want to sit by myself and they're like no no, no we're coming we're coming
0: <laughs> with a bottle of wine and you know yeah yeah exactly right
1: like you know that's what they do so they'll be like all right here we are and now i'll be like Okay, I need to chop this. So this is what you have to do with the chicken. And they're like, okay, all right. And then they actually like do like the dipping of the chicken in the hot water because you need to stretch out the chicken skin and stuff. We follow this recipe, so they all kind of know. Like it looks a bit weird when you're like holding the chicken by the legs and dipping it in and out, but like you, you kind of have to do that.
0: But that's that's part of the friendship bonding experience. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like they all they all like it. Like it's pretty fun. And sometimes I'll just be like. Guys, there isn't anything extra to see. It's just stir frying, but I need your help to come chop the veggies. And they will all come and chop the veggies. Oh, when we do hot pot, I love hot pots, but oh my goodness, the prep work is crazy. So much chopping is absolutely insane I'm like that. Guys, you want it? You all come and chop. Now all the chopping boards and plates will come out, and like everybody has to chop something, and right. stuff like that. So yeah.
0: So, Nikki, like one of the things that I've noticed, at least in the the time that I've been living here in Singapore, is that, you know, um, you know, I enjoy eating and stuff and I enjoy like, you know, socializing around it. Um, So, you know, I tend to go to like, you know, potlucks and stuff where you bring food together. Whereas what I've noticed about, you know, when I talk to friends who live elsewhere, it's all about cooking together. Like, do you feel that? Oh, there's
1: efforts? a mix. There's a mix. Like, when I went to my friend's place for Christmas, she told me that everyone who comes brings a dish. Right. So when Derek, our friend, came to visit me, I told Derek, I was like, Derek, we're going to Christmas and we have to bring a dish. So we made, like, curry fried chicken, which they were like, whoa, this is amazing. And so we were so happy that they loved it. Um, so yeah, it really depends. Like, the previous Christmas, I did the appetizer. Like, I did a hot and sour soup and then my friend did the main course with the pork and sauerkraut. So it, it really depends. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, there are times where, like, we'll bring our food, and there are times where, like, someone cooks and we go help them, kind of thing. So, it's a mix. I mean, you go to barbecues and everyone brings their food. You know, everyone brings meat, salads, and stuff. And then you take turns on the grill and things like that. So, yeah, it's a whole mix.
0: Is there something in Estonia, or is there something that you miss, um, you know, living in Estonia that you would get in Singapore? Laksa. Ah, right.
1: I need my Laksa.
0: Is it something that you can make?
1: Uh, I surprisingly the supermarket sells the laksa paste, which really surprised wow, okay. me. But then obviously I don't get my cockles or my bean curd or my fish cake, so I do it with like some random noodles and cucumber and uh, chicken and eggs and stuff like that. It's sort of like a well, Estonian version of Singapore laksa because it's <laughs> the best that I can do. So, but at least I get the
0: soup, which is. That, that, is, that is part of the food Yeah, experience. yeah, it's An part of the whole thing. And yeah, and so, like you know, that. it is what it is.
1: <laughs> I mean, I miss being able to just, like, go downstairs and go across the street and be like, oh, my God, I got my $3 chicken and rice kind of thing. You know, I don't get that anymore.
0: Is uh, dining out something that a lot of Estonians and, you know, you live uh, there I mean, you, you can
1: do it fairly easily. And, I like, you know, I know a few places, like, there's my Thai place and there's this other place called 160 that sells, like, really good smoked meats and stuff. I love it over there. You just have to know where to go, um... Yeah, but I mean, it's still cheaper for me to cook it at home.
0: So what would you consider a difference? Like, what's the difference between you cooking in Singapore versus you cooking in in Estonia? Like, are there limitations in Estonia? Are there things in Estonia that you have that you wouldn't have in Singapore?
1: Well, it's more of that I can get all the things I want for what I want to make in Singapore really easily. In Estonia, sometimes it's a a bit of a hunt to go get what I want.
0: Like, uh, for example...
1: Like if I want to make wontons, for example, I can just go to the fair price and they all have the skins readily right. available. Whereas like if I want to make it in Estonia, I got to go specifically to the Asian shop, which is a bit of a trip, and get like th- their skins in order to make something. So right. in that sense,
0: yeah. Is, is there a big Asian community in Estonia?
1: I'm not so sure
0: about that one. Okay, I yeah, think like, there's
1: yeah. a decent number, but...
0: I mean, you're, you're 50% of the Singaporean population in Tallinn, so... I,
1: I heard there are a few more. I have heard about them. I haven't met them, but yes, I have heard there are a few more.
0: So uh, I was reading this uh, some, from some, some place that, um, as it turns out, there's about like 250,000 Singaporeans living overseas all across the world.
1: That's not exactly a lot.
0: Yeah, and uh, most of them actually live in Malaysia and Australia. So the number of people living in... Uh, EU in general would be less than 5,000, as it turns out. Really? <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs>
1: okay. That explains why they're You're like, like a
0: super minority. <laughs> so curious about me all the time.
1: It's very funny. Like when I'm there and they'll ask me, like, where I'm from, and I say Singapore, and they're like, what are you doing here then? Then when I'm back in Singapore, they're like, where are you again? I say Estonia. What are you doing there? Apparently, there's something about this shock that isn't ending anytime soon. So,
0: what are the perceptions of. Um... That Estonian people have about Singapore?
1: I think they see Singapore at a pretty high level, to be honest. Like, yeah, Singapore has a certain status yep. amongst them, which That's is quite interesting to see. Was
0: this pre Crazy Rich Asians or post Crazy Rich Asians? Both. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, but I don't even think like Crazy Rich Asians did much to really change. Maybe it gave them a bit more of an impression, but like, right. if you ask around the startup scene, they all knew
0: okay yeah they're just
1: like what like what are you doing here and then like why would you come here and leave singapore
0: well i yeah. mean here we can see a huge difference like you know there, there are these walking tours now they're called crazy rich asians walking tours oh i've heard about <laughs> yeah. that stuff oh my god like, uh last year some of my colleagues from the u.s came down and we were going around and my colleague was like yo you know my wife wants all of the pictures from all of the locations that are shown in crazy rich asians can you take me there and I was like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so, so it's, it's,
1: let's go to Célevee. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I know it's one of those things. So I always tell them, like, okay, if you come here, then there's the Wednesday night, ladies' night. This is what you have to do. Because it's a legit money-saving move. And I'm all about saving money. So, you know, things like that. And I wow. also always send people to my favorite Peranakan shop in Maxwell.
0: Which one is that?
1: It's called Popo and Nana's.
0: Is that a shop or a stall? Yeah, it's a stall stall. in Maxwell. Okay, right.
1: Yeah, Yeah. because I went there on Friday and the auntie was like, hey, your friends have been coming around here. I was like, auntie, I know. I send them here every single time because I know that you would feed them and take care of them. And Peranakan cuisine is so different from a lot of the other Singapore food that most people wouldn't even come across at all. So part of introducing that, of course, is to bring auntie some business. But also to show them that like there's more than what you yep. think there is here. I always get texts going like, "Oh my god, I have no idea what I just ate, but it was just freaking amazing." I'm like, "Told you so."
0: Yeah. like I think there's a there's a very prevalent assumption that you know Singaporean cuisine is just chicken rice or laksa and stuff. Yeah, like and that. chili but
1: crab and all of that yeah, stuff. I'm like, there's too. so much more. Yeah, like, have like, have you actually spectrum. gone to try the proper Malay nasi padang and things like that? Like are we Friend of mine and I brought some to our Russian girlfriend's place yesterday, and I'm I think that might have been the first time she ever tried it, but she was like, Bring it on, and oh, she was eating the snails right out of the shell. Yeah,
0: and I think that's something that people need to do, right? I think my favorite part about traveling is also about eating. Absolutely, you
1: know? I love yeah. when people like just take me somewhere. I'm like, I can sit on a little chair by the side street as long as you give me stuff. Like when I was in Romania, they were like, Oh, we're gonna take you to this place to eat mitchi, which are these mincemeat. Uh, grilled minced meat sausages and it's freaking amazing and they're like all the places kind of run down we hope you don't mind i'm like nah man take me there (laughs) and then i went there and it was like proper wooden like benches and tables and stuff and i was like you guys call this rundown they're like yeah and i'm like you guys have not seen asia's version of rundown man. like we sit in the back alley on little chairs and eat our vietnamese food but we love it because it's just real so it was quite cute that they were like, oh, you know, this is a bit run down. I'm like, no, it's not. This is like luxury already. You have a proper bench and table,
0: you know. <laughs> Does this mean that in Estonia, there isn't much of a street food culture?
1: Not much, actually. We get like some uh, outdoor fairs and stuff during the spring and summer. And there are like food trucks. Right. And there's this one permanent food truck in Teleskivi, which is sort of the hipster district. And that's about as much like sort of street food that we have. Okay. Yeah, we don't even have that many kebab places or anything like that. So 24-hour food is a bit of a problem.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Wait, so what happens after like, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning when Good you stumble luck out of you.
1: a bar? Good luck to you. There ain't Absolutely. no food around. Oh, no. <laughs> there are a couple of 24-hour supermarkets, but I also have this thing that my kitchen has, to, or my fridge has to be, I wouldn't say massively stocked to a decent amount, that like anytime I want food, I can get it. So yeah.
0: Right, so it's like you stumble out of a bar, you manage to get back home and then you just had to like cook something up.
1: Yeah, Indomie.
0: Oh, right. Of course. Yes, the good old faithful. <laughs> I
1: always make sure that you have um, a, a carton of eggs in your fridge because that goes with your Indomie very well. You know, crack the eggs, that kind of thing. I fed Indomie to my drunk friends and they're like, girl, what magic is this? I'm like, the magic is called Indomie, yo.
0: It is magical. It is. I magical,
1: know, right? Yeah. And also, a funny, not funny, a very interesting fact about Estonia is that microwaves are not a huge thing there.
0: Okay. Um, it
1: Microwaves are common in offices and co-working spaces, but not in households. So I do not have a microwave. For someone who has come from Singapore, not having a microwave, at first I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to take some getting used to. But surprisingly, if I've actually survived and been really good without the microwave,
0: so this is like regular gas stove? and
1: Yeah, yeah, oven. I have, I have well, I mean, I have an electric hob and right. then uh, I bring my lunch to work and then I heat it up in the microwave at work. But in my place, even if I have like leftover rice, I just heat it up on the stove and stuff and it really isn't that hard. So it's quite interesting that they're like at home. Some, some houses do, of course, but it's not like as common as cities in like Singapore to have microwaves.
0: That's interesting because it's it's a ubiquitous part of the kitchen, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> exactly,
1: right? It's like, I think in Singapore, one of the top three things that you get for someone who moves in is like kettle, microwave, toaster, you know? <laughs> Whereas like over there, it's like a kettle is a big thing. Of course, everyone needs the hot water. But then uh, the microwave part kind of shocked me even. I was like, what? And then, like I said, I thought I had a problem. But no. It's actually been fairly okay. Sometimes it does annoy me because I'm just like, oh, I just want to put it there and not have to worry about the heat. You know, I'm just put three minutes and that's it. Go to the bathroom, come out, my food is done. But at other times, I'm just kind of like, oh, really? It's all right. It's not <laughs> that bad, actually. Like, you know, it's... Yeah, so that's a fun fact that, like, microwaves really are not a huge thing there. In so, fact, they try not to use it.
0: So for all the culture shocks, like, that's the one that... <laughs> shocks you the most I wouldn't say it shocked me the most
1: actually I'm not even sure what shocked me the most to be honest um, I they have crab sticks over there okay, in the okay. supermarket very readily available and that was a bit like you guys have crab sticks you eat that here too oh okay that was something you don't
0: have dumpling skins but crab sticks huh? yeah yeah you guys got crab sticks alright sweet ass
1: you know like this is cool. Oh, and also seafood. I think that one was a bit, I wouldn't say culture shock, that was more of a foodie shock for me because we have the sea right there at Tallinn, but the, the seafood is just like not very good and a lot of it's frozen from somewhere else. So Really? That okay. was a bit of a shock for me, yeah. I Being near the sea, I did not expect that.
0: Okay. So yeah,
1: so we get like okay seafood. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't have access to suppliers like the restaurants do, so it does get a little bit hard. Right. for seafood especially when i love my prawns and fish and i'm like just want some fish curry please
0: wow so like so in general estonian cuisine is mostly meat potatoes and yeah yeah lots,
1: lots of um pork i mean of course nice. there's chicken beef lamb but mostly pork
0: Nice. and speaking of uh estonian cuisine if there's one dish that you would recommend anyone to have if they visit estonia what would that be
1: I would say go have some muhu bread. That black bread is just epic. But you have to get it from muhu bakery, which is muhu bakery. Because that's like the best one. Just go there, get half a loaf or a whole loaf and just share it. It's really, really good. Another thing I also really recommend is what is called kohupimakuk, which translates to curd cake and pisses me off because curd cake just doesn't sound nice in English. It just doesn't. <laughs> like curd cake I mean seriously if I were to come up to you and say hey you want some curd cake you'd be like uh, yeah, uh, okay. yeah not really <laughs> but in Estonia it just sounds like Kohupi makuk, which is like such a nice name and so I had some friends uh, visit and she was like I was like guys you need to go have makuk. and then I introduced her to that and then she went to the supermarket and found it and this is like some factory made version okay and she ate it and she was like girl if someone were to make this for real, she's like, I would just probably die and go to heaven because she only had that basic one and she was like, this is so
0: good. So curd cake is exactly what it is? It's there's a kohupim because
1: there's a huge dairy industry in Estonia and right. kohupim is like curd and they use it in a bunch of different things and you can use it to make cake. Something I need to learn how okay. to do that. Um, but yeah, the cake is really good like really, really I've had some friends make homemade versions and one of my teammates she came to my house for hot pot and she made us a raspberry coconut one and I was like girl
0: so good noted for future reference yeah so I should definitely but don't that. go asking
1: for curd cake because they'll be like what are you talking about because it's a literal translation okay. I can tell you again when you come but All right. yeah, yeah. Kahupi Makuk is just yeah it's traditional to them and it's just so good so so good
0: Yes. What do you miss the most about Singapore?
1: The food I mean, I love my family and friends, but they do come to visit. The food, man, the food does not come to visit. does not happen. <laughs> I always miss the food and it's not just time. Estonia. Like time I travel, I'm just like, oh my God, the food. Um, yeah, I think I, when I was in Frankfurt, like I, there was like a Malaysian restaurant and I was just stuffing my face there.
0: Um, I have noticed that Malaysian restaurants are quite popular in a lot of European cities.
1: Yes, and they, I mean, they're very similar to, you know, they sell laksa, they sell chicken rice. I'm like, bring it on. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, right, right. Um, food aside, is there anything that you struggle with that you wouldn't generally deal with in Singapore, for example? Hmm. No, I
1: can't really think of anything off the top of my head, actually. Maybe because I think I adapt to places fairly well. So, for me, I wouldn't say that there's anything that really sticks out that like, oh, I can't like do it. See, when you talk about like work, working styles, you know, you just kind of learn how to deal with that. So, I, yeah, I, I don't think there's been anything overly massive.
0: Like, as, a, as an example, like, the one thing that I miss most is, uh, you know, having my own set of wheels. Like, when I was living oh, in India, okay. you know, just having a bike. So, I used to ride a motorbike. And right. something as simple as waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning, feeling like I want to eat something. I just, you know, jump on my bike, go somewhere, eat something. And that that's something that I don't have in Singapore. So, it's like, when I go traveling... Most of the time, I try to rent a bike because it's right, like, that's right. something that I really want to do. Um, is there something similar that you have that you generally do in Singapore that you can't do um, there?
1: 24-hour food places, man.
0: <laughs> yep, it's always about the food. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: like honest to goodness, I really can't think of anything that I do here that is massively different from how I do it somewhere else. Okay. You know, but I, yeah... It's always about food for me, man. Come on, Rindo, <laughs> you know that. You know, anything else, you, you adapt. That's true,
0: that's I true. I mean, I
1: guess the weather, I wouldn't say it was a shock because you do your research and you know what you're in for. But when you're really there, it's like, okay, it's like, I, I think when it got to minus 18, feels like minus 30, that definitely. Wow. Okay. I wouldn't say it shocked me massively. More of just like, oh my God, I'm going to have to find a way to survive um because i already knew that this was highly possible right so but still you can mentally prepare yourself as much the physical code is another question altogether but then when you're there there's only two options either you survive or you don't survive you know so you make yourself do it
0: i've heard this thing i believe it is in sweden or something where it's like the colder it gets the more you try to find activities to do with friends you because know, the cold can get you down, or at least that's yeah, what yeah. I think said. it depends
1: on the person that like, you try to find something. And a lot of the thing they try to tell you to do is like embrace the cold, so you try and go for like little walks and things like that. Go exploring. Like my friends and I went to see like this waterfall that was half frozen, which was really really cool. I mean, we couldn't stay out there for too long, like ten minutes, and you're running back into the car. But the point is, you did something in the cold together. It okay. was a nice day. It wasn't like rainy or anything. So you know, at you do things 18, like that. Minus eighteen,
0: I would stay in the car. Like, I
1: wouldn't even go out. Oh no, when I went to the waterfalls it wasn't that bad but like there was like one week where it was like minus 18 feels like minus 30 and i was wearing like three pairs of pants and walking around like a ball of fluff because i had all these clothes around me but you know you do your research about this thing so i wasn't i mean of course it was a bit of a shock to my bones but after that you just have to survive so mentally i knew but physically it was just like okay i'm in it now but i wouldn't say it was like a crazy shock because you know that this is that's, what you're in for that's so that's
0: true i mean I, you do get used to winter but it's like i always struggle with the notion of if i want to go out i have to wear like three layers of clothing oh yeah you yeah know, I, it, I, bar, would, I, I mean it all yeah off. that wasn't a <laughs> shock it was just more annoying <laughs>
1: but i kind of got used to it now so i'm just like okay whatever you know like it's just more annoying it was it's just like oh my god and then sometimes you realize you wear too many layers and you're legit sweating underneath and you just like learn your lesson from that as well so yeah it's not like it hasn't been like a big shock. It's just been like learning points that you you know you learn how to adapt.
0: There was this one thing. This was many many years ago in Germany. Um, like so we went to a bar and they have like this rack overhead where you put all your jackets. Right, so you wear all your jackets. You get inside the bar. You take them all off and you can put it on top of this rack. And then by the end of the night, everybody's drunk as fuck. And then everybody takes a different jacket back home. And they have a Facebook group specifically for this. You know, it's like, oh, hey, yeah. guys, there's this pink woolly jacket. Whose is it? Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> That's fairly normal. Like, one
1: of the clubs I go to, they had this uh, Lost and Found album the other day. And it really made us laugh because there was someone's underwear there. As you do in the club, you know.
0: So Of course. That, that, was really,
1: that one was really funny because I, I can't remember how the underwear looked. But it made everyone go like
0: what like okay all right well at least someone had a good time yeah apparently so
1: but yeah i I wouldn't say anything's been like a a major shock or anything like you know i know they speak estonian i roughly knew about their personality and uh you just go by yeah
0: living as a foreigner you always have to ask yourself you know it's yeah yeah there's a there's this um dilemma that you have like you know do you want to put your roots here or do you want to move somewhere else exactly and then the longer you live in the place it's like the more it feels like home and nikki like uh, you know personally um, i just came back from india you Mm -hmm. know i just came back today and you know i left india close to a decade ago okay and when i went back you know it is not the india that i know anymore you know so it's like it got to the point where, like, when I came back to Singapore and, you know, the airport, there's that welcome, yeah. you know, when you put in your passport. Yeah. Like, when they showed that sign, welcome, Rindarama I was like, oh, I had this, you know, visceral feeling of, you know, being at home. Right. Right. So I struggle with that because, like, I am Indian. I identify as Indian. Like, you know, India is my home. Mm-hmm. But with every passing year, I realized that, you know, it's it's so far away from what I used to yeah. know about India. Um when I talk to uh, people from India who moved recently or from elsewhere, and, you know, I struggle to identify with the country that they're talking about, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I mean, like, is it something that you, um, you know, uh, obviously you've, you've been living only for like two years, but you have been living elsewhere before. Yeah. Like, as a foreigner, do you find that, do you, ha- do you ask yourself that question?
1: Uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, I see the changes in Singapore, but... Right doesn't i'm just like okay cool get along just go with it um home for me for the longest time now has been a feeling and not a place right. so until it becomes a place then we shall see but that's true that's true But yeah i mean you know to each their own so yeah i mean every time i come in I'm like oh okay this is new that is new but then again everyone knows singapore changes so fast so i'm not exactly very surprised either Like, um, I mean, there are places I went to as kids and stuff that is no longer there. And you just kind of, there's only so much you can do about it. So,
0: Well, Nikki, you're a lot more adaptable than I am, I guess. Like, I used to think of myself as not someone who gets homesick a lot. But this trip, I I was like, what is this place? I get food (laughs)
1: sick. I get food sick. (laughs) Massively. Massively. Or like my form of homesick is like, I miss my mommy. Not like I miss Singapore, but I miss my mom. And that's quite different from missing the country.
0: Course, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you see yourself um, living in Singapore? No. Okay. <laughs> right. So that's, that's, uh, that's one thing that you're sure of.
1: Oh, I've been sure of that since I was a kid. Okay. I just knew that Singapore is a great place, but it's just not the place for me.
0: Right, right it's uh, i've I've had this conversation with you a number of times i remember like having this conversation way back in 2014 when you were in uh, auckland
1: yeah yeah yeah, oh and you slept on my couch (laughs) in the pink blanket i still need to dig up that photo one of the best blackmail photos
0: Yeah, it's, it's still there in one of the in that group and
1: me and my blue hair next to my car oh my god in my pink bathrobe oh my goodness classic memories
0: Speaking of the car, like, um, you know, do you do you go around um, no, in Estonia?
1: I haven't driven a car in five years, so it's not safe for me to be on the roads right now.
0: I'm Obviously, a very good
1: passenger. Yeah.
0: It's it's a very different take from when you were living in, in Auckland, yeah? Because you'd need a car there.
1: Oh, yeah, in Estonia, I mean, we have Bolt, you know, which is like our grab, so I get around fairly easily for under five euros, so... But then public transport is free, so I tend to go buy that as best as I can, you know, try to help the environment a little bit. Of course, of
0: yeah. course. Um, do Estonians generally travel around in cars?
1: Um, yeah, there's a decent number of cars there. It doesn't mean they use it all the time. Like I have friends who uh, park their cars and then use it only when they need it kind of thing, so it depends.
0: Okay, yeah. okay. All right. Okay, um, yeah, I think that's all I have, really. Um, oh, okay, so we we'll need this the up.
1: bathroom now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, what's well, had us just very had quickly. Had the beer.
1: Stuff,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So on that note, Nikki. Yes. Thank you so much for being part of this again. Always, always. <laughs> and hopefully this time. No, I mean for sure this time I have it all captured. Thank God. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not you would have to wait till December, or we're gonna have to do some Skype calls and stuff.
0: <laughs> we will do that. Like there's there's a food part that I want to cover. Sure, later
1: we can we time, can yeah. do that.
0: Right. So folks, that was Nikki. Um, you know about her experience as a singaporean living in estonia um my name is rindo and nikki and this is living it up in lion city Woo. ciao bye all right